0: When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast
1: Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins. On, on Oilers on Radio Oilers. 630 Chat. That was a heavy collision. McKinnon did not clear the zone. Chickren somewhat stunned, able to poke it away from Cassian. Murphy fell down. Cassian with a chance. Centers wide open. Backdoor. Score! Score! Jajar Kara, his first NHL goal, and Edmonton extends to a 2-0
2: lead. Well, what a way to get your first one in the NHL. It turns out to be the game winner tonight as the Edmonton Oilers knock off the Arizona Coyotes 3-1. Hey, how about this, everybody? The Edmonton Oilers have a two-game regulation-time winning streak against the Coyotes. Kara's first in the NHL. Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl also scored for Edmonton. Verbata the only reply for the Coyotes. Tonight, Edmonton now 3-1 and one with two games to go on their six-game homestand. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 10 o'clock. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranich Team Broadcast Center. I'm Reed Wilkins joined by former NHLer Rob Brown. And we'll start with Kara tonight being rewarded on a pretty good shift from his line along with
3: Latestu and Cassian. Well, he knows what his role is in the National Hockey League. It's to get in on the forecheck, be physical when you have the opportunity, get pucks in deep. Uh, typical fourth-line stuff, and when you get the opportunity, try and make the best of it, and he did. It was a 2-on-0, terrible defensive coverage, turnover deep in the zone by the Coyotes, and all of a sudden Latestu and Kara are standing in front of the net by themselves. Good play by Latestu. The puck going across that opens the the, legs of the goalie Smith. Gary just has to direct it in between the legs. So it was a good shift, a good night for Jajar as he scores his first National Hockey League goal. And hopefully one of many here, because I think as Bob was alluding to earlier, he's got a good opportunity of being a regular NHL hockey player with his size, with his speed, and as we've seen tonight and what the 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 Oilers brass has seen in the minors his hands are starting to come along so a good night for Jujar.
2: Cassian got in on the four check there he laid a good hit on Chikrin to start that sequence Chikrin maybe won't want to play the Oilers next time because Eric Griba gave him a concussion last time they played with that odd play that was called a, a hit to the head but I mean the Oilers forced the action most of the night taking a 3-1 lead into the third period. The shots in the third, 4-3 for Arizona. So, I mean, I'm not going to nitpick about the Oilers not having more shots. You hold a team that you know is going to be trying to come from behind to force shots. You're able to close out the game pretty efficiently.
3: Well, the Oilers have a lead. They don't have to take chances. They don't have to force anything. Their job is to make sure the Coyotes don't get any closer, and they didn't. There was no, I think there was one, good scoring chance for Arizona in the in the third period. I think it was Dvorak that had it. But other than that, it, it was just a, a textbook game. You get a lead, you shut down the other team. Had Arizona got closer, well then the Oilers could open it up a little bit more. They didn't need to. The Oilers were able to ro- roll all four lines. All their defensemen got to play. It was just a, a, a perfect night for the Oilers where they get the two points, they stay healthy, no one gets overtaxed, and they can feel good about themselves until the next night when they play Florida and hopefully carry this winning home streak on. We will
2: keep an eye, and then we'll see if we get an update after the game. Andre Sekra did look like he took a shot off the hand there with about two and a half minutes left, so hopefully he is all right but the Oilers with a pretty efficient victory overall. You can reach us 780-496-0063. You can also text us at six thirty six thirty. But let's go downstairs for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan.
4: This, this is a game that wasn't necessarily easy to win, but it was one that you guys were expected to win and kind of had to win. Do you like the way you sort of went? Sometimes those are the, the toughest ones to win when you're expected to win and um, especially against that team, they've obviously had our number. Um, patient enough, lost momentum, gained it back, did some uh, some good things with all four lines throughout the night. Um, all 60 had a, uh, an opportunity to contribute. I didn't think we gave them a lot. Uh, when we did, Cam made some good saves. Um, you know, it's just a little bit of game management. Obviously, with too many men left, three minutes Remaining in the second period in a game, you have complete control, and you'd like to uh, eliminate that mistake, but uh, we'll learn. Uh, Jujar Car getting his first NHL goal, obviously, <coughs> exciting time for him, but what has he
5: brought you, I guess, in these last couple games that you've seen?
4: Well, he got off to a really good start, obviously, with us. Uh, the first game, some, some size that moves, and his uh, his quickness to the puck protects it well. Um, then sick, and out of the lineup, recovered, and then we got the same type of game from him again. So uh, we're happy for his contribution, and right now he's taking advantage of his opportunity.
5: I know being better on home ice was something
4: as a group you wanted to to try
5: and do. You've strung a few together. What element is there and has been there for you on home
4: ice? Well, we're not not as erratic. Um, We seem to be playing a little more consistently throughout the game and from game to game, which is good. Um, other than the beginning of the year where we weren't too bad at home, uh, we haven't really had a home, a home run. We come home for one or two games and then leave again. Uh, so this is the first time we've been able to settle in and, and uh, practice in our own building, feel comfortable here, and maybe that helps as well. Uh, back to Kara, he's,
6: he's the kid that the organization drafted and developed, he's got good size, he's taken his time to get up here and he's working from the fourth lineup. Do you have any idea what his
4: potential might be? What kind of player he could be one day? Do you know that yet? Um, I think we're slowly finding out. And um, his graduation from, for lack of a better term, from grade to grade or class to class has been um, just fine for his development. Um, he has size, he has a pretty good mind. He can play center or wing. Um, he gets around the ice surface pretty good. Uh, We know he's got an element of toughness as well. So there's a lot of um, attributes that he brings to the table and if he just keeps developing them, he uh, he has an opportunity at a future.
2: All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, the team winning its third in a row, 3-1 over the Florida Panthers. And he talked about Being a little more comfortable playing with the lead, being able to close the game out, some confidence, and I think that's our adjustment of the game brought to you by Alberta's Chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. You can visit albertachiro.com. And a game where you felt the Oilers were in control most of the night, and we've said it several times this year. I talked to Benoit Pouliot this morning about some of the close games. Games, they don't win in the last couple of seasons. I mean, Pugliav was talking about his previous two years here, well, games they took into overtime, they probably lose. And a game here, not only were they up 3-1, as you alluded to, Rob, they don't even really give up a good scoring chance till there was about two and a half minutes left in the period.
3: Well, they're, they're smarter, they're, they're much more controlled. They got players in their lineup now that they can put on the ice and they can shut things down. You know, in the past, uh, and it was funny. Bob brought up the, the name Justin Schultz tonight. He had four assists and 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 played well in Pittsburgh. But when he was with the Pittsburgh or when he was with the Oilers, he was a guy that was put in a position to be a shutdown guy, and that's not his role. There was a lot of players in the past that were put in positions where uh, it was tough for them to succeed. The Oilers are better equipped now to play low scoring games. They're better equipped when the other team has a pushback. They've got players they can put on the ice that are gonna stop that pushback and get control and get momentum going back the other way. So this other team is, is better coached and it has better personnel in the on the bench that the coach can put out there at any given time. So whatever way the game is going, the coaching staff now has players that they can put on the ice and, and combat whatever the other team throws at them. So because of that, when they get into a close game, they're comfortable and they've had success. And every time you have a little bit of success, it just the confidence grows. Now, I know this is the Arizona Coyotes. This isn't the San Jose Sharks. It's not the Blackhawks. It's not the St. Louis Blues, but it's still success. And now, the next time they get into a close game, they're going to feel confident again, and it's just going to continue to carry on.
2: Well, and you don't move up in the standings if you can't beat the teams below you in the standings. No, absolutely. So,
3: Arizona comes in 29th, so...
2: Most most nights you should be able to control that game, and the Oilers did it tonight. 780 We have Rocket on the line. Hey, Rocket, good to hear from you.
7: Yeah, good to talk to you guys, too. I just wanted to uh, talk about uh, Jujara Kara and his goal, and more importantly, what happened right before his goal behind the net. He took out that defenseman. And I don't know if he gave that guy a Charlie horse or what, but that D guy went flat out along the back of the boards and tried to get up and couldn't get up. And Kara circled around in front of the net and stayed there while that guy was down. Yeah. And that's how he scored that goal. Connor so, Murphy,
3: I think, was yeah. the guy. Yeah, it looked like he had bambi legs. Connor Murphy tried to get up twice, couldn't couldn't reach the puck, and then it just turned into bad bad news bears for the coyotes behind the but then it's smart too jujar gets in on the four check yeah. the others get control of the puck and he goes to the smart the front of the net gets into the blue paint so uh that line was effective when they had their opportunities out there tonight they are a bigger stronger faster line with jujar on the on, in the lineup and i would s- suspect you're going to see that line the exact same for wednesday's game against the panthers Great on. Thanks, guys. All right.
2: Thanks, Rocket. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. We'll go back to the phone lines in a second, but back down to the Oilers' room for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Here's the guy who opened the scoring tonight, Brian nugent
5: <laughs>
7: well... Well, Ryan, it really seemed like it was a huge to get that first goal. You guys were able to just roll from there? Uh, yeah, it was something we kind of touched on
8: uh, uh, at the start of the game, and we wanted to get off to a good start, and uh, we put a lot of pressure on them early and uh, got that early one, and then came out hard in the second as well, and uh, kind of led uh, throughout the game. This is one of those where you were supposed to win, you needed to win, and you guys
7: sort of came out and got the job done. That's an important thing for the team in your situation. <laughs>
8: Yeah, for sure, and uh, this is a team that's really given us trouble in the past, too. So uh, for us to get out to a good start and uh, just kind of build on that throughout the game was uh, big for us and uh, shows that we can get it done, and uh, it's uh, important for us coming down the stretcher. <laughs> I
2: really had a lot of chances. I mean,
8: he's had to score at some point, just right now it looks like it's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, when, I mean... I've been in that situation. I mean, I'm not really out of that situation right now exactly either. So, when you when you get the chances, I mean, you can't get down on yourself. I mean, he had so many chances, like you said. He actually made some really really nice plays and got robbed a couple times at the post. And uh, so, I mean, he's just got to stick with it. Can't get frustrated and. Uh, uh, when you stop getting those chances, that's when you kind of want to uh, change something, maybe or uh, pick it up. But uh, he's getting those chances, so just got to keep going.
7: Oh, you could sense yep. what's coming for all three, but for you to get that early one as well, it seems like uh, the sky's the limit for your line here moving forward.
8: Uh, well, we—I uh, mean, for sure, we want to uh, get our confidence back, and um, I mean that those other three guys have been uh, doing so well for us, and we got to support them and help them out as much as we can, and get that secondary scoring uh, going and. Um, I mean, it was nice to uh, get off to a good start tonight and uh, just got to keep building there and uh, uh, hopefully, uh, like I said, get our confidence back.
7: Thanks Ryan. Oh, thanks. Breathe, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
2: Thanks Brendan Ulrich, working in the Oilers room. Nugent Hopkins, the first star tonight. Jujar Kara, first NHL goal, the second star. Jordan Eberle, an assist and numerous chances. The third star, the fourth star of the game, presented by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates.
3: Well, he wasn't in last game. He gets reinserted tonight. I thought Adam Larson was very good tonight. He has an assist. He's plus one, four block shots. The Oilers are a much better hockey club when he's in the lineup. If you don't notice him, it means he's doing his job, and I thought he was very good tonight at shutting down anything that Coyotes tried to throw at them.
2: All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Brace yourselves, everybody. We have JP on the line. Good evening, JP.
9: Well, hello. How are you guys tonight?
3: We're very good. How are you doing?
9: I'm on a roll right now. These guys are gonna kill my liver by this. Uh, by the if they keep the streak going, I tell you this. I am so glad I installed laminate flooring in the basement. I say this before because tonight I almost I almost dropped my whole glass of wine when the elves got the goal. I thought, but. I can't believe this guy is just Nick Bed. But what a tr- what a problem to have! These guys start picking up the game. You get Apulio, the Luchi, the Lucci, the News, the Everly. They start pick- picking up, hitting the game. <sighs> this could be dangerous for a lot of the opposition. But I want to quickly touch base about the great game tonight by the fourth line. Hendo is sitting up in the rafter going, My God, I don't know, I'm going to have to just get pumping in the uh, in the practice, get the attention, because he might not play a game for a few games. Kara, what a game, what a game, what a goal. I am so impressed with this guy. Keep it rolling, boys. Keep it rolling.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's JP. Thanks for calling, buddy. I, I think he has laminate floorings because he spills his drink because I know he's made references to vomiting on other nights, but I, I, I don't think that was the, 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 the case tonight. He's happy, the Oilers have won three in a row, and I, I, he made a good point that Jordan Eberle, look, we, we know about the, the drought, it's now 18 games without a goal. Having said that, it's a good problem to have when your team is nine games over 500, and a guy who you expected to be scoring more hasn't been
3: to this point. No, you're right. I mean, this is a team that's battling for a division title and three of their top six forwards are on extended, and I mean extended, uh, goalless or pointless streaks, and yet they're still finding ways to win. Now, there's a couple of reasons. One, your first line is excellent and, and they're creating just enough offense to win. Uh, your goaltending has been superb, which means they, he's giving you a chance to win every game. But I think the biggest thing is they've bought into a system that doesn't give up the glorious scoring opportunities against. They're not giving up three, four, five in so they don't they don't need to win five four. They don't need to win four three because the opposition. Isn't able to score like that, and in the past when we've w- when we've watched the other teams, there would be breakdown after breakdown. We talk after the game with with the people calling in. Well, you know there was seven times in the first period where players on the opposition were left wide open. We don't see that anymore. So if players struggle, if the puck's not going, if you're not if you have no puck luck, which Jordan Eberle obviously has right now, you can still win hockey games because you play sound defensive hockey and it's hard to believe that we're saying this about an Oilers team that we've watched for the last number of years the Oilers are a sound defensive hockey club nowadays and they're able to win the low scoring hockey games because they got great goaltending and they got one fantastic first line if the second line gets going and they contributed tonight with a with a huge goal they scored the first one of the seat of, of the game if that second line can get going when all of a sudden the Oilers become not a team that is just Competing for a playoff spot, it'll be a team that can win a division. It'll be a team that can win a playoff series. They just need to find a way for the puck to go into the net for the Nugent-Hopkins line.
2: Oilers take down the Coyotes three-one, thanks to Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. You now hear from Coyotes head coach Dave Tippett.
10: Dave, on the goals, what was missing from your group tonight? An emotional engagement. You know that's that's as poor as we played in a month. You know we've been. We've been competitive, real competitive here for a month, and that's uh, you could see it right from the get go. I was worried this morning actually at the skate; you could tell that there wasn't a lot of zip in our group. And you know, coming out of the break, we played two real hard back-to-backs. Didn't skate yesterday. We're hoping for a little zip here today, and not much this morning, and obviously not much tonight. And when you're not emotionally engaged in the game, your execution is off. Your checking is off. You're just not. You don't give yourself a chance. The first goal we have. I mean, two veteran defensemen decide to change right at the same time as we turn the puck over. Those are just mental mistakes that you can't make. And then we made... Enough of those tonight to give the game away. That said, it's still a one-goal game, and Mike Smith was spectacular yeah. for a sequence. Did he deserve a better fate? Yeah, much better fate. Yeah. When a goalie plays that well, you'd like to give him a little more help there, and that wasn't the case tonight. What about Alex Bermistroff? What did you see? It looked like maybe some nerves, a little rust early, but how did he acquit himself? Yeah. Uh, decent. You know, he's a skilled player. We need to add skill to our lineup, okay. and that's... Uh, He's a skilled player. We used him in all situations. He got an assist tonight, so it's it's a good start for him. He hasn't played for a month. You know, he sat out ten games in a row, and then has been struggling with the to get the visa situation. So it's uh it's a start for him. It's I wouldn't say that's his A game, but it's a start with us.
3: Vermiestrov, a recent waiver claim from the Winnipeg Jets, and I he said that wasn't his A game. I thought he was the best. Coyote forward by far. I thought and you noticed him. There's a lot of players on that coyote's forward lines that you did not notice tonight. I noticed him when he was out there and he made a wonderful play on the goal by Verbata.
2: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We welcome Jeff to the show who's gonna be our finish the play contestant. But first Jeff, what's on your mind?
11: Actually, you guys took the uh, words right out of my mouth. I was calling in to talk about Eberly and his goal drought, but uh, there's not much uh, point in talking about that as already whatever's been said is pretty much what was on my mind.
2: Just that it's it's an okay problem to have if the team keeps milking out wins here? You know what? Um, As far as
11: him not having any goals in the games, I'm fine with that as long as, you know, there's a solution. Like, what? What would you do as a coach to put Everly in the position to score goals? Because obviously tonight he was there. Look at that amazing save! Save Mike Smith made on him. And
3: well, you know um, what coach, had, you know what the coaching staff did do late in the game when there was an empty net. Mm-hmm. His line was out there. I know it's that Pouliot yes. and Everly are both struggling, struggling big time, trying to find the back of the net. And sometimes an empty net goal can get you off the schneid. Unfortunately, even with the empty net, they weren't unable to get the puck and get it down there. But the coaching staff staff knows the importance of that line, knows the importance of those players producing offensively, and, and I guarantee you they're going to do everything they can to see if they can find their touch again.
12: All right. and
11: I have one more com- comment. Uh, my other comment was uh, on two of the other unra- underrated players we have on our team. Well, as far as before goes, uh, we have Patrick Maroon that, you know, we all never expected him to have a 20-goal season, let alone winning 18, you know, halfway through the season. Um, and Matt Benning, uh, he's been a big favorite of mine as far as defensive play, and he's doing great. In the
2: Benning's been great, and even today there were a couple potential dangerous rushes for Arizona. and They didn't have a lot going, and Benning just calmly negates them. Stick check or uh, efficient body check. Yeah. He's, he's He's been very good, Jeff. Jeff, uh, we're going to try to get you to finish the play here. Qualify for the grand prize. Draw $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire experience integrity. Here we go.
1: My center Cam Talbot. Jack Michaels, Bob Stauffer with you. Secret's on the box,
2: and it's launched down the ice by Larson. Race for the puck. Cassian's got the speed. All right, we got Cassian racing after the puck. Does he get a breakaway out of that, or does Arizona get to it first?
11: Uh he, he had a breakaway out of that, and it was no goal.
1: By goal center, Cam but Jack Michaels, Bob Stauffer with you. Sekras on the box, and it's launched down the ice by Larson. Race for the puck. Cassian's got the speed and a great play by Ackman Larson. Oh, uh, sorry, Jeff. No, he
2: didn't win the race to that one. So uh, we'll try again with you next time, though. Finish the play, courtesy of Integra Tire Auto Center. Just got someone uh, texting in. Uh, Joe Thornton, three goals this season, has yet to score on a goalie. They're all empty netters, I believe. (laughs) So it's it's, uh, sometimes weird things happen to good offensive players. If you're on hold, stay there. We are going to bring you in. We have more post-game reaction from Jordan Eberle as well as we roll along. Oilers win it 3-1 over Arizona. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Overtime. This is Overtime overline.
0: Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, six thirty. Yeah.
1: Chickering controls, wrapped around, and that was denied by Cam Talbot. That should be second Arizona shot. Then a point blank chance, and the Morak denied by Cam Talbot, who once again comes up with a key save to give Edmonton a little breathing room. And it's tough for Talbot, who hasn't seen a quality chance
2: in about 25 minutes of yeah. game action, and then all of a sudden a point blank look. Cam Talbot doing his job tonight. 20 saves on 21 shots. He improves to 23-12-6 and six on the year. That's his save of the game, courtesy of Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. The Oilers beat Arizona 3-1. Nugent Hopkins in the first period. Kira and Drysaitel in the second period. Verbata a late second period goal for Arizona. No scoring in the third. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for joining us. We have Gary on the open line. Hey, Gary. Good to hear from you.
3: Hey,
13: good evening, Reed. Rob, how are you guys doing tonight?
3: Very good. How are you?
13: Oh, good. Good. You know what? <laughs> finally, it's finally and uh, that the uh, Oilers able to win in regulation time, especially against this frustrating. Uh, uh, Arizona Coyotes team. Uh, uh, you get a goal lead, uh, which is a, a thing uh, that we've been dealing with this whole year, even at home. Hopefully, we start off in a good. Uh, well, three three games now. More uh, well, two games actually. Now they they won at home. Three games. Sorry. They got two more here, and then they can close out in Calgary, so it would be a nice run there. As far as Jordan Eberle is concerned, my gosh, I mean, the guy can't even buy a goal right now. And Juju Arcara getting his first goal tonight in 17 games playing for the Oilers. That's nice to see that. But uh, it must be frustrating for Eberle. I mean, the uh, coach putting that line on in the uh, uh, late third period when the Coyotes pulled the goalie, hopefully one of those guys can... Can get empty net goal at least uh, to help help them out get the, get the confidence. But they had their chance tonight. But uh, hopefully they can uh, uh, keep doing what they're doing, and eventually it they will go in. And now uh, we move on to tomorrow or Wednesday uh,
2: against the um, uh, yeah Florida's here on Wednesday, Gary for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, an, an efficient win for the Oilers, and Jordan Eberle is is coming pretty close. Let's hear what Eberle thinks about tonight's game.
7: Yeah. <laughs> Well, Jordan, a uh, big win for your team. It seemed like your your line was able to get that goal early there, and then you guys just sort of built momentum as the game went along.
14: Yeah, that was that was important to get on them quick, especially at home. So,
7: um,
14: yeah, it was a big goal for our team, um, and it was a big win as a team that we've struggled with in the past, and obviously four point game division. So, I
7: mean, it was a huge, huge, huge win for us. For Yourself, it seemed like you were flying off there, loads of chances. Did you think you scored in that breakaway? Uh,
14: I did. Yeah, I, thought I had my stick in the air, and then uh, you know you see him kind of stretch out his glove. You know, I mean. It, it, tons of chances. The puck's got to go in the thing because we haven't needed them.
7: Well, having said that, your line scoring, I mean, you assisted on Nugent Hopkins' goal. It seemed like you guys had a lot of chances. Do you, you sense that it's coming for the line? It seems like the last few games you guys have really been building.
14: Yeah, we, we like playing with one another. Um, Pooza, you know, one of the best forecheckers in the league. He's got a great stick and, and, you know, causes them to turn it over for Nugent and I to make plays, so... Um, I like playing with those two. We, we've had success, and, and that's been big. that's been big.
7: And to beat a team like the Coyotes here you now two times in a row, a team you're supposed to beat, it seems like this team's confidence-wise is uh, you know building as the season moves along.
14: Yeah, uh, like I said, four-point game against a team that we have struggled with in the past, so that was that uh, was a big win.
7: Thanks, sir. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, man.
14: Yep.
2: Thanks, Brendan. Oilers win three-one over Arizona. Plenty more to come. You're also going to hear from Mike Smith, another good name in uh, good game in net for Arizona. Houston, Greg, and Jay, you're all up on the phones. It's Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. From Live the from the Team Terry Broadcast Team
0: Broadcast Center.
2: This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian
0: Brew House on Oilers Radio. Six thirty, Chad.
2: Final score, Rogers play, Sedmonton Oilers three, Arizona Coyotes one. The Oilers have won three straight. They're 24-15 and 7 on the season. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Man, the Japanese Village goal light not on tonight thanks to the efforts of Arizona goaltender Mike Smith. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations, downtown Southside and Northside. 780-496-0063. We have Houston on the line. Hey, Houston.
15: Hey. Um, I was just calling in to talk about the Pouliot New Jeberly line, but you guys have seemed to have been doing a lot of that already. Uh, so two other things. Uh, first thing, um, what happened to Sakara or Sakera, however you want to pronounce his last name? Because it looked like he got injured there near the end of the game. He, and t-
3: he took a shot. He took a, took a shot. It looked like to the wrist or the forearm. He was battling in front of the net, and the guy took a shot from the boards. He didn't see the puck come in. It hit him. Hit him hard enough that it knocked a stick out of his hand or he had trouble holding onto a stick. He went straight to the bench. Hopefully it was just a stinger and nothing major.
15: Yeah, because other, other than maybe Russell as he's joined our team and uh, Benning as he's really come along here, that's a guy you don't want to lose coming down the stretch.
2: Yeah, he's been really good this year, solid in, in both ends. He obviously moves the puck up ice really well. We I don't know if you heard the Todd McClellan interview. There, there wasn't... Uh, any update there, and sometimes with those we don't really find out till practice the next day, Houston.
15: Alright, sounds good. And the other thing was uh, Talbot had a great game. Um, the thing is, this is a game against Arizona where you should be playing a good enough backup that can get you to win as well. And the Oilers don't really have that in Gustafson and I know they called Brassois up. However, going into what everybody, I'm assuming, is hoping for is playoffs, that's a guy that I know we've had in our system for a while here since he got traded from Calgary, but you got to assume that the Oilers go after somebody at the trade deadline. I'm just curious who you guys think we should go after.
3: Well, first, you're not going to play Brisebois or a backup in this game because there's going to be a... I would imagine that Talbot and Brisebois will split the games this weekend when they play back-to-back, and if that's the case, you're not going to give two out of four games to your backup goaltender. Talbot's rested. He's... Uh, he's, he's playing well, you want to continue to play him until you feel he's tiring and I don't see that at all. So uh, Talbot was the right decision tonight. As for who to get at the deadline, I mean, you, you want to have a capable backup. But also with this team here, the backup is a guy that's playing one every ten games. So you're not going to make a deal that's going to take something out of your lineup to pull, bring in a guy that will play one out of ten and won't play in the playoffs. You, if, if there's a goaltender you can pick up cheap for very little, then yeah, you'll go and get him. But I don't think you're gonna do much more than that. I think a backup goalie decision will be done at season's end. Peter Shirelli decided decide if is the guy for next year, and if he isn't, then he's gonna to have to upgrade on what they have right here currently.
2: Good question by Houston, one we get asked a lot. And I also think, Rob, I don't think Peter Shirelli has to rush to answer it because Bressois, between now and the deadline, you know, might get mm-hmm. three to five starts. See how he handles it. Yep. If, if he seems fine, then then maybe he can be the guy you spot in there. If Braswell absolutely can't do it, and, and I don't think they have much faith in Gustafson, then okay, maybe maybe he would be willing to give up a little more. But but like you said, it's it's a it's a backup. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think he's he's gonna want to give up too much for a for a low usage guy. There's no doubt that Mike Smith was one of the better players in this game for Arizona. His comments for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions.
5: Mike Daves lamenting the emotional engagement, but also being that maybe some fatigue has set in. I do for excuses, but is he accurate, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I think we just had a four-and-a-half-day break. Yeah. It should be fresh. But um, the emotion part of it, I, I, I could see it. I mean, you could, you could feel it in here. There was no life. There was there was no emotion. You could see, you could feel it on the ice. There was just we we're just playing. It was blah. It was blah. And you can't play like that and expect to compete against a really good hockey team. And you know that's what we did tonight. We you know we have to learn from it. We have to sooner or later this organization's got to move forward. You know, and not continue to. You know, have games like this, but we we played, we've done some better things this past month. This one was not one of them. That said, your sequence there in the second period—I mean, you were, looked like you were doing literally every single thing you could to keep this a long, long game. Yeah, was just, I was just—I don't know what happened. The second there, we got kind of out of sync, I guess, a little bit. But um, just seems like they they kept coming at us, and I uh, was trying to you know, hold the fort there as long as I could, but uh, unfortunately, couldn't quite hold them off long enough did you know that you had the everlay shot i felt it go in my glove so yeah Mm -hmm. i did
12: mike why do you think the emotion wasn't there maybe even just the engagement a lot of mental lapses the 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 change on the first one six guys out on a power play i mean you're right you just had a break why do you think you guys
15: weren't as in tune
5: i wish i knew i wish i knew i think. I don't know it's it can't happen it can't happen in, in this league it, it just it's a privilege to play you know it's a privilege to play in this league and put you know the coyote sweater on and uh yeah i don't know i don't know i i, I don't i can't explain that it's just i can talk for myself and, and know that you know every game that i go into i want to be give myself the best chance to play at my best and and uh i, I can't I can't speak for anyone else, but we got, uh, we got too many guys that uh, aren't doing enough to, uh, to push the thing along.
14: I know it's not.
2: You. All right, that's Arizona goaltender Mike Smith. What do you think about a goaltender saying that publicly about his teammates?
3: Well, his team was awful. I mean, he's not saying anything that anyone who watched the game didn't see. I, I, I don't think he, he didn't call anyone out personally, he wasn't in a rant, he wasn't angry. He just matter-of-factly said we just didn't have enough players out there, there was no emotion. A- and we're eight stories up and you could tell there was no emotion. There's no physicality on the part of the, the Coyotes. The the coaching staff, our, um, Tippett talked earlier about how two veteran defensemen change. When the puck's not deep it comes and that's the first goal against. It, it, it is a bad team, the Arizona Coyotes, that played without emotion, played without intensity, Played without smarts. And the only reason this wasn't a 5-6 or 7-1 game because a goaltender stood on his head uh, for a long stretch in this hockey game. So I'd be frustrated. I said with Bob when I was talking to him after the game that, and I I use the name Ekman Larson, what's he going to be like at the end of the season if this is the type of team he's playing with? And he's good. Ekman Larson, he's top 10 in the NHL defenseman. And he's got a team that... And if this is what you're going to see on a consistent basis, a team that's not going to win. So you got Mike Smith, who's been an all-star, who's been a great player in this league, Ekman Larson. How are they going to react as this team goes forward if this is the effort that they have? How is Dave Tippett, who's had success as a coach in this league, going to coach the remainder of the season if the team's going to come out and play the way they did? We as Edmonton Oilers fans have seen dark days I think the Arizona Coyotes right now are going through some of those days.
2: They fall to 13, 24, and 6 on the season. The Oilers go to 24, 15, and 7. They're two points behind Anaheim for first in the Pacific Division. The Sharks are in third place, a point behind Edmonton, three behind the Ducks, but the Sharks with two games in hand on both the Oilers and the Ducks, and quite frankly, Rob, of those three teams, I think the Sharks are the best, and they won today as we check your advantage trailer rental scoreboard. It was uh, San Jose winning over the struggling Winnipeg Jets 5-2. How about the Penguins 8-7 in overtime over the Capitals? Malkin had a hat-trick. Sherry got the game winner. The Lightning beat the Kings 2-1. The Red Wings shut out Montreal 1-0. Buffalo wins at home 4-1 against the Stars. The Islanders blank the Bruins 4-zip. That is your advantage trailer rental scoreboard. Yes, he pulled you. scoring his first goal in the American Hockey League. The Oilers farm team, however, coming up well, short today. The Bakersfield Condors lose seven-one to the San Jose Barracuda. Seven-eight-zero-four-nine-six-zero-zero-six-three. We'll bring in Greg. Hello, Greg.
12: How's it going? Good. That would have been a nice game to go to that Pittsburgh game today. It would have been entertaining. <laughs>
3: um, well, we got to see something on the TV here today. It was very entertaining.
12: Uh, I just got a couple uh, comments and I got a couple questions. But uh, first, I want to say uh, it's it's finally good to hear some good talk about uh, the Everly. Uh, Nugent Hopkins line. I, th- I think Everly could have had, you know, three or four goals in the last three or four games. Um, like tonight, 10 bell chance, and he's just not burying them. Uh, the other comment I want to make is, uh, you know, everybody's mad about Talbot not making the All-Star game. Well, you know, I'm, I am I think he should have, but I'm glad he didn't because he use the rest. But uh, now the questions I have is, um, I don't know what you guys think or what... Um, do you think the Oilers do with Lucic? Because uh, him playing on the third line, I don't think is where, where he should be. But And the other question is, um, Dreisaitl and McDavid and Maroon, that line, yeah, they're dynamite. But for the Oilers to succeed... They're going to need secondary scoring, so I don't know if you guys see Drysdale as a second-line center, uh, where he, where I think he should be. I mean, they're doing good now, but eventually, over time, this is only going to last so long if the secondary scoring isn't there. So we're going to have to move Drysdale down, and if the rumors of trading Nugent Hopkins, yeah, we know they're all rumors, but um, you know, he, I think Drysdale needs to be on that second line to push that line, and 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 still find guys to play with McDavid. So i was just wondering what you guys. think. Of all that, because it's a it, it, it short-term fix. Yes, I think
3: it's working, but I don't know if that's going to work in the long run. So, well, a, a couple things. One with Lucic, I agree. Lucic isn't a third-line winger, and that will change. But the thing is, right now the Oilers are winning, so you're not going to start changing lines up when a team's having success just because a one player is is not put in a spot where uh, he wants to be or, or is expected to be. Lucic eventually will move up, and I expect he'll play with Eberle and Nugent Hopkins as the season goes on. As for Dreisaitl, if I'm coaching, he's not moving. He is the best right winger that the Oilers have by far. He and Connor McDavid have special chemistry. He makes Connor better. Connor makes Leon better. This is a team right now that I think they're ninth in the National Hockey League, so I I think it is working. Secondary scoring, well, you know what, that's players are going to have to pick it up and they'll have to find a way to get it going. And the Oilers have changed the lines up with Nugent Hopkins, with Puglia, Nugent Hopkins, Everly, and Lucic, whatever it is. But to me, Leon Dreisaitl is staying with Connor McDavid, and they are going to ride that as long as they can because they are. it's, it's possibly the best line in hockey. You're not going to break it up just because you want to get someone else going.
2: Appreciate the call, Greg. By the way, the Oilers, with their 24th win tonight, matching their entire total from two years ago, the 14-15 season when they uh, changed coaches from Dallas Aikens to uh, Todd Nelson, 31 games in. I remember that year, Rob. (laughs) It was a long year, a really, really long year. 780-496-0063. The Oilers get three tonight. That means a $75 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630 chedcom 3-1 over the Coyotes. We're going to get to Jay Cam and Joanne coming up. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranish Team Broadcast Center.
0: This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chan.
1: The other night, walking in Everly, dishing great shot, Score, Ryan Nugent Hopkins beats Mike Smith. Side And it's 1-0 Edmonton at 3-34. Nugent Hopkins, his night,
2: set up by Eberly, who records his first point in seven games. Adam Larson also getting an assist on that one. Larson back in the lineup after missing the Calgary game with a lower body injury. That got it started for the Oilers, just 3:34 and they go on, 3:34 in, and they go on to beat the Arizona Coyotes 3 one. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks for joining us. We have Jay on the open line this evening. Jay, welcome to the
6: show. Thanks for Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I uh, couldn't believe the stat you just gave about the Oilers two years ago in, in uh, Games 1. That's uh, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, my comment uh, was about Milan um, Lucic. I, um, he's the one player on the Oilers, given the contract that he has and the number of dollars. Uh, that really concerns me. Like, when I look at him, I, I kind of keep thinking every time I watch him play, I don't think he's going to get any faster and I don't think his hands are going to get any better. And for some reason, he's not out there with his size mucking it up right now. I'm like, what does he bring? And I know he brings leadership to the dressing room, you said that before, Rob. But now, if there was any guy in the Oilers, I'm, I'm, you know, just from a fan's perspective, concerned about it. It's him, and he just seems to be slow, and his hands are slow, and Maybe he's a smarter hockey player than I'm seeing, but man alive, like, he, to me, doesn't all look good. And I keep wondering, what's the end game? Like, is he somehow, you know, going to get better? And I just wanted to know your take on that, and uh, I'll hang up. Thanks for taking my call.
3: Well, he's struggling right now. It's obvious. And he looks frustrated. And there was one shift tonight I saw in the third period where he had a partial break. And and got caught by the back checker. Didn't get a shot off. Eventually went in the corner, and then he looked angry, and he he looked at someone to try to get. And fortunately for the Coyotes, they moved the puck twice before he got to them either time. So I think I know he hasn't had a penalty in a long time. I think he was itching for a penalty. He tried to fight tonight. Uh, There was there wasn't a taker. I can't believe Stone. Was it Stone? Yeah. So frustrations coming in. Milan Lucic is a proud guy, and he's had. Success in the National Hockey League. I don't think when he signed with the Oilers that he thought he'd be playing with Drake Kajula and, and Anton Slepyshev. And I, th- I think that's tough on him now. As a professional, he hasn't complained, and nor would he. But you can see it in his body language that he's he's struggling with the fact that things are not going the way that he had hoped uh his skating is not going to get better neither is his hands these are the the same skating and hands that has gotten him 20, 20 to 25 goals a year for for the number of years that he's been playing in the national national hockey league they need him better than he has been i don't think he will say anything different i don't think you're going to see a whole ton of offense from that line i don't think it is uh, a, an overly strong third line. You got a, a guy that's just up from the minors, you got a, another kid that's got, what, 20 games under his his belt at the National Hockey League level, and, and Milan, who's been struggling. So yeah, this is not a, a line where it's gonna create a whole bunch of offense, but he needs to be better. And the Oilers know that I would expect Milan Lucic uh, at some point will be moved on a line with Eberle, and Nugent Hopkins, and that's the line I believe the Oilers will need as their secondary scoring come the, the playoff push, and hopefully a playoff run.
2: 780 Oilers knock off Arizona 3-1. We have Cam standing by. Hey Cam. Oh, we lost Cam, okay, we'll go to Joanne then. Hi Joanne, welcome back to the show.
15: Hi, guys. Isn't it so exciting that uh, teams aren't saying that we're an easy team to play against? It makes me so happy.
2: Well, it's different. I mean, the Oilers did do a 29th place team tonight, what a lot of teams did to the Oilers when they were finishing 29th.
15: Anyways, my question is, when is our friend uh, Darnell Nurse coming back?
2: Probably sometime in March. It was a pretty bad ankle injury. He needed surgery.
15: Oh no okay that's all I wanted to
2: know okay appreciate it Joanne thanks for calling 780-496-0063 you know the Lucic question is an interesting one Uh, I do think he's underperforming offensively Mm -hmm. absolutely uh, but I but I absolutely think he has impacted the team and I I wonder Rob I mean I know the one caller said well he's not mucking it up I also think a lot of people don't want to muck it up with, with Milan Lucic True. And, and I mean you can't measure is he rushed does a player feel rushed when he's when Lucic is coming on you I mean it's hard to measure stuff like that but I, I still think uh there is an impact though though I do agree there needs to be more offensive uh,
3: well there need and there needs to be more physicality out of him I mean we haven't seen a whole lot of physicality out of him as of late I mean uh Cassian will go out and throw the hits uh uh, who else? Uh, Hendricks when he's out in the fourth line. Um, when we we've talked about when things are going one way for you, if they're not going offensively, well then do something positive defensively. Do something positive physicality. Go out and fight some. All kinds of different things that you can do. To me, he looks uh, just he looks frustrated. He he really does. I I, I think there's been parts of the season where he's been very good and has been impactful for this team. The last little while, not so much. Uh, for him, it's just a matter of uh, finding his game and, and doing what he's done for a number of years, mainly with the Bruins, a little bit with the L.A. Kings. It, it, it's, I, don't, I don't think you write him off yet. But if well, this you can he's, o- he's, no. he's, yeah. he's here So if, if, if this Oiler team wants to do anything, if they want to make the playoffs, they need more out of the Nugent Hopkins line. They need more out of Milan Lucic. If they get that, well, who knows what could happen.
2: And I will say this. Every forward on this team, with the exception of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, has had a down spell this year. Even Maroon had a stretch where he didn't score very much.
3: But you can go around the league. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what i I mean, Sidney Crosby's had dry spells. I mean, Evgeny Malkin, all great ones do. Now, there's more eyes on certain players for the Edmonton Oilers, guys with big contracts. And this has been a down year for a number of those guys with big contracts. But the Oilers are in a playoff spot, battling for a division title with some of their best players not performing up to their potential. They're going to get there.
2: All right. You're going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl as well. He scored a nice one tonight. It was his 17th of the season. Oilers beat Arizona 3-1. Live one. from the it's Terry Ferrancine Broadcast Open Center, this is, is Overtime Broadcast Open
0: Line. Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
2: Final score, Rogers place, Edmonton three, Arizona one. The Oilers playing a pretty solid game tonight. They only allowed 21 shots on goal, including four in the third period when they were in control with a 3-1 lead. Leon will score tonight, his 17th of the season. Here's Leon. It's got to be a nice feeling
13: considering where the record was.
16: Yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, you know, we, we want to make this place a, a tough building to play in. Um, um you know obviously right now uh it's so tight in the standings and uh every every team needs points and uh so do we so um we're very very happy with the two points tonight. this was kind of maybe a, a trap <coughs> to right? a team that you're supposed to beat even though it's given you a lot of trouble in your past. you guys came out and put the hammer down good for, you know, so yeah so for you know, sure there. uh yeah for sure um i think we, should, we we could have scored a few more goals but uh so could they so um uh, they're, they're not an easy team to play against they're, they're very uh uh, very structured and, and, and stick to their details. So um, you know those uh, those games are sometimes not not that fun to play in. But um, you know we're, we're very happy with the two points.
5: You've had some good production. I mean, all year. But since you moved to the wing and since you've been playing with Connor, that the line <coughs> seems to be clicking. And how comfortable are
6: you playing outside?
16: Yeah, I'm very comfortable. I, I said it many times before. Um, you know, obviously playing with Connor makes it makes it a little easier than. Um, than normal, maybe, but um, you know, I think we just we just seem to seem to click and, and
7: complement each other well. Read that's Leon Drysital.
2: All right, thanks a lot, Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers' dressing room tonight. So Drysital, his 17th of the season, now one behind Patrick Maroon for the goal scoring lead. Maroon held off the score sheet tonight. That hasn't been happening a lot lately. He still has 10 goals in his last 13 games and seven in his last seven. Here's how the scoring broke down. The Oilers started it early at 334. Nugent Hopkins his ninth from Everly and Larson. At 11.40 of the second period, Jujar Kara alone in front, his first of the season converting a pass from Mark Letestu. Zach Cassian got the other assist on the play and then less than two minutes later at 13:37 dry citadel 17th from mcdavid they originally gave an assist to matthew benning on that play, but on the official score sheet I have, they uh, only have the one assist, so Benning loses the helper there. On the power play, the Oilers took a too-many-men penalty, and on the ensuing power play, Redeem Verbata scores from Bermistroff at 17.56 of the second period, his tenth of the season. Arizona 1-5 on the power play. The Oilers wind up 0-2. Shots were 27-21. Edmonton, the Oilers won the face-off battle 52% for them tonight, leading the way, Latestu and Kara were both at 60%, and Leon Dreisaitl at 71% tonight. All-round, pretty solid game from the Oilers, more good goaltending. They certainly had the puck more, more scoring chances, and really they could have pulled away further in the second period, but Mike Smith did a good job holding Arizona into the game. Here's what's coming up. Next game is Wednesday against the Florida Panthers. 6 o'clock for the face-off show here on 6.30 Ched, The game will start at 7.30. I want to say thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30 Ched, Our engineer here at Rogers Place is Troy Boulder. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line in the Terry Paranich Team Broadcast Centre. Boilers 3, Coyotes 1. Have a great night.